Hello, welcome to this week's edition of Jack and Muscle Brad MMA Show. Uh, we recap the UFC Fight Night card just happened with Gilbert Burns. Uh, we talk about UFC 250. We get into the John Jones absolute fiasco that's happening. I'll talk about much, much, much more as always. So stay tuned. Speak soon. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's edition of Jack and Master Brad MMA Show. I am Jack Andrew Stoops, your host, joined as always by my brother, Mel Brown. Mel, what is happening, player? Well, same again. Nothing much. We're just waiting patiently for this lockdown to end. Been playing a outrageous amount of Call of Duty to fill with that. I haven't really been playing games at all, to be honest. Um, been too busy. <laughs> yeah. Too busy filling the time with... Uh, the word personal endeavors already that sounds dirty yeah, that's what I just say <laughs> just spending filling all my time with personal endeavors <laughs> no just that uh, running working some stuff out just uh, working out just trying to become a better more refined version my big thing has been goals like it's something I've always struggled with is like following through with things and um, I've done some work with my finances um, to try and get some things in order, get some security and normality back in my life. So, um, yeah, just been working hard on myself, essentially. Well, I'm glad you've now publicly shamed me. Um, and that's For doing nothing? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's always today, mate. You get 1% better today. That's true, but I'm already buff and rich, so you can't really <laughs> get much better. True that. Um so yeah i haven't actually had my xbox on plus it has been outrageously hot here yeah it's, like 25 degrees yeah hot. it's disgusting which mightn't sound much to certain listeners in certain climates but this is northern ireland where it's usually what like 10 on a the other thing as well day. is because we have like zero humidity it's just like baking heat yeah it's gross i absolutely hate it i'm not a fan well like i don't know not i like the sun i like but it's the night times get me. It's just too, yeah, it's too, too warm. warm. Like our houses are built to keep heat in. All our like bed sheets are meant to keep you warm. It's just ugh, I am a horrible sweaty mess. Yeah, I'm also a large gentleman and find it tough in the heat. Um, but uh, anywho, uh, on to the more pressing matters at hand with the UFC. So, um, obviously had a card at the weekend there. It was a mixed bag of a card. Um, not too much I want to talk about in the prelims, etc. But uh, Jamahal Hill, um, I did catch that fight live. Um, absolutely battered kids in a brew. Or kids in a brew. Yeah, he... He looks good. Yeah, he does. However, I said, I think I said to you beforehand, I just don't rate a brew. I just don't think he's looked like anything remotely well, special. Hill's 8 now, so he could be one to watch, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying championship level, certainly not yet, but, you know, he's one to watch, especially in the light heavyweight division where it is super thin. Yeah. Um, I thought there was a, there was a few good... Uh, well, I won't go into any detail with them, but um, <clears throat> Brandon Royval tapping Tim Elliott is quite the result. Tim Elliott known as, as quite a formidable grappler. Um, yeah, and he and tapped he the good. fuck out of him. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Daniel yeah. Rodriguez, Gabe Green was one-sided. Pr- was it? Well, yeah, yeah, no. I thought Rodriguez look, continued to look good. Um, just 
seem to have far better refined striking. Um, someone needs to do a DNA test to find out if Antonina Shevchenko is actually Valentina's sister. <laughs> because, she got the fuck beat out of her. Yeah, it was bad. Um, really bad. But, you know, I've said for a long time that I didn't think that, that, that of the two sisters that she she was barely UFC caliber, so proved right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Big main card. Yeah, Big Mac, uh, Mackenzie Darren doing what she should always have been doing. Yeah. There was like a horrible moment in that fight. I know it didn't last very long, but you're like, oh my goodness, she's going to try and kickbox again. Um, But no, like you said, this is what she should be doing every single fight. She literally has a disadvantage over every woman on the UFC roster, so you may as well use it. Um, Pretty tasty knee bar. Um. The first uh, leg lock finish of any kind in women's MMA. <clears throat> well, there you go. It's a nice one to, to have on your mantle. Well, it also is just a sign that things are catching up again. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of people don't like talking about this, but, you know, the women's sport just is behind the men's sport level-wise. It's why the divisions are so thin. It's a numbers thing. It's just not as many women overall, I think, that take part in the sport. And it's also so young, especially the female divisions. So, you know, yeah. it's nice to see things like that coming in. You know, Mackenzie Darna, very highly decorated um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Um, you know, one of the best in the world. You know, good to see her crossing over. And good to see her, as as we just said there, getting the first leg lock uh, finish in women's MMA. So, it's a nice one to have, as you say. Uh, next fight up was Roosevelt Roberts and Brock Weaver. We have both been banging on about this for a long time. Brock Weaver, probably not UFC caliber. Um, no. Yeah, and... He's tough game. as shit, but Roosevelt Roberts absolutely hammered him. Beat him everywhere. Missed weight. Did miss weight as well, which is, you know, double bad. Professional. Yeah. Um, Roosevelt Roberts just continues to look great. Like, he could be... He's so composed. Yeah. Uh, called out Matt, the steamroller frivola, which is a fight sense. which I very much like, yeah. Makes sense. Um, Billy Quarantilu, um, he... Uh, well, it was a great fight. Uh, Spike Carlisle, um, who's like, it's I don't know what this is. Weird seeing like an absolutely outrageously jacked ginger dude. Yeah, that fight was crazy. Um, yeah, it was. Both of them rocked at various stages. There was a bit where uh, Carlisle's wrestling was great because Quarantilo is is uh, like well known for being great on the ground, and there's a few close calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Billy Quarantino turned his back at one stage. No, no, it was the uh, Carlisle turned his back. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, got yeah, up sorry. and walked away. It was the stupidest thing I've seen. Do you think he thought it was the end of the round or something? I thought he was just... I, well, he couldn't have. He was just being too too casual. Like, why would you stop? It, he was lucky to get away with it. He was lucky to get away with it. Um, he, I think he could be good, but just needs to refine fight IQ a bit maybe like he, he absolutely you know blew his load in the first what round and a half yeah and then like the third round he got dominated um I think I probably would have scored a draw now I know we don't get many draws um but I think Carla probably did enough um in the first and second although you could argue that Quarantilo stole the second with the the better end and with the submission attempts but yeah i think if carlisle could just 
it's a pacing issue. If he could just pace himself better, um, he could have, you know, controlled that fight and and won it fairly handily. And like I said, he is one of the most jacked ginger dudes I've ever seen. Um, I, I don't know. Usada sniffing around that man mm, by any chance? Could be. He looks. Uh, now we pr- got the we got the prediction wrong in the next fight, but we kind of predicted absolutely everything else about this, including the split, um, Blagoy Ivanov and Augusto Sakai. And I was talking to our friend Zach about this fight, and I was saying to him, you know, Blagoy Ivanov is good enough defensively to not get finished, and barely good enough offensively to do anything. So like. It's weird because he, he's just had such an odd run. Like Augusto Sakai, someone that probably shouldn't have been beating someone as ranked as highly and with the wins that Ivanov has. Yeah. But, yeah, murky split decision. I don't know. I think Sakai probably did enough. The only thing which sort of soured it is Sakai's uh, blatant fence grab. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah, which yeah. stopped the takedown, which could have, you know, at heavyweight, you you get a big guy on top and it's, it's... I thought Cormier was going to have a stroke whenever he saw that. Yeah, but then he didn't bring it up in the in the interview the afterwards. Fight, yeah. yeah. Um, Odd. Neither of these men have, you know, title matches or opportunities in their future. Ivanov, no. I think, has settled into, to, like you that said, that, that tough, that role, you know, good litmus test. He's essentially a bit of a gatekeeper. If you beat him, you're good. But you're not going to finish him, and if you finish him, you should be fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sakai, yeah. it's another close one, but I think he won. Um, I thought he lost against Arlovsky a couple of fights ago. He's going to give me. He's going to get a step up. Well, he give should me, give me Ivanov and Cyril Gane. Oh yes, that. Cyril Gane. Yeah, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but. He's French, isn't he? I assume it's Ghana, Gan- but Gane. that's perhaps very presumptuous and potentially xenophobic of me as well. So, yeah. um, the main event: Tyron Woodley, Gilbert Burns. Burns beat the fuck clean out of Tyron Woodley. Yes, he did. Um, this, I we, said neither of us predicted this. Um, well, I well, thought, I put on Twitter not that I, I, like I said that this was Woodley's opportunity to get right back in, and based off. You know, assuming he was going to be the best he could, it should have been far more of a fight. But uh, like I've seen, that Woodley is broken. Um, yeah, and just does not have it anymore. Um, and yeah, it was essentially just Woodley parrying, swinging at air every so often, and being on the back foot against the cage for twenty five minutes while Gilbert Burns just teed off on him. And the thing I actually tweeted about as well was. I severely underestimated Gilbert Burns wrestling because he shot what's two big par doubles and went and straight down. through Woodley. Um, well, I mean, you know, he ha- he's actually a fucking nightmare matchup for Usman. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the even if you super don't super high level BJJ. Yeah, but that's the same. Even if you don't use the ground game, it's the threat that it's there. His striking is tidy. I see a lot of people being like, his striking's amazing. I mean, he's got decent striking, but I think that the beauty of it is just that he, he can throw with reckless abandon because he's just like, yeah, go ahead, take me down. I'm yeah, okay. yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, like, I think, 
Henry Hooft has like refined his striking a lot now that he's he's a fairly competent kickboxer and he seems to have carried over par, not cutting weight as well. Yeah. Um yeah, for Usman he's he's tough because, you know, I think it could, if they end up fighting, it could look a lot like the Covington fight where, you know, two grapplers and then it eventually just stays on the feet for, for essentially all of it. Yeah. Um, be interesting. The, the biggest shock for me, apart from his wrestling, was just how big he was. Yeah, he's huge. Like Me thinks USADA should be going and paying a visit, though. Well, yeah. Like, how that man made one fifty five and how that man has now bulked up. I saw some people saying like, Oh, he looked about two hundred and thirty pounds in the cage. No he didn't. Yeah, yeah, dead on. He cuts sixty pounds. Yeah, yeah. It's not well, having was... said that when we interviewed Johnny Walker he, he did say he cut something stupid like sixty pounds. It's true. Obviously that's not water weight, you know, I think that's a misconception as well when people talk about weight cutting, they forget that quite oftentimes it just literally means you know, what did they start camp at? Not, yeah. you know, like they're thinking, he sweated out 60 pounds yeah, overnight. <laughs> yeah, <in laughs> overnight, you know. Well, like, the, otherwise known as the Darren Tell approach. Jeez, yeah. Um, I watched a video of that again the other night. Of him crawling out of the sauna? Jesus Christ. Like, what were his team thinking? I have no idea. There's responsibility on all of them with that. Now, I really like Darren Tell. We met him at the at that Brave event, and he was, the first thing I said to you after, he was, I was like, it's like, I mean, I'm a big dude, you know, I'm 6'7"-ish, 230, 235, like, he is fucking massive. Oh, yeah. Huge. Uh, like, and across the shoulders. That's massive. it. It's his frame. Yeah. It's his frame. He's massive, like, so, you know, it, it's it's hard to, it's hard to gauge how much that, you know, he's cutting, but you'd have to imagine that it probably is close to 50 pounds. I don't know. Down to one seventy. No, I'm not saying in water. Obviously, no, no. I, mean, I don't. I just don't think Burns gets that high. I just don't. No, no, no. I'm talking about Tell. Oh, um, I don't know. You, would I'm assume. sure he he must have been he like. I mean, at the time, I would have been two thirty odd, and I I wouldn't have thought he'd have been far away from that. No, not at all. There's no way. Like he couldn't have been. He's obviously shorter than I am, but like he was. But he's not thick. short. No, I mean he's what six one. Yeah, he was, a, he was about my height or just a bit shorter. So, um, what's Burns, next? Like he, welterweight's just becoming messy now, and not and not necessarily a bad thing. Like it's good to have a a list of contenders, but there's just no order. Like it needs they need to I get. I think you do Colvington and Edwards. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm going to say something controversial, and I know loads of people probably won't like it, but like to me, Masvidal is right down the pecking order. And this is before, as for a title shot, and this is before, um, you know, he's expressed interest in fighting Nate. I think he has, yeah. what you know, out of the the guys who could get a title shot, possibly the weakest run of fights. Yeah. Together. Oh no, he definitely does. But ranking like, wise, the, the till the till win was obviously impressive. But till has since left the division. Askren. Yeah, it was a mixed. Bag. Well, it's just I don't know. Like it's funny because Ben Askren has left the sport now, 
And we kind of still haven't learnt where he was or where he should have been. Um, he didn't look good against Damian Maya at all. So no. maybe, you know, not discrediting the win, but it sort of does a bit. When you look at, like, Leon Edwards and who he's beat and now Gilbert Burns and who he's beat consecutively, like, Masvidal's run just hasn't been as impressive. Yeah, well, I mean, Edwards tweeted saying, you know, props to Burns, good win. Woodley talks too much, focus on fighting, not talking. Uh, Usman, I'm ready when you are. I mean, you, there is a case for Edwards, but I don't think he's going to get the fight. Not a chance. Um, Tarn Woodley said after the fight that uh, well, one of the one of the quotes which I loved. I hoped I was going to win the fight, to be honest. Oh, yeah, obviously. Um, he basically said that the, uh, he has no idea how he got elbowed. And it was a leg kick he took, and just that was it. It just hasn't been right since. So he couldn't get it going. He did. Um, he got dropped super early. A couple of times. Yeah, but I think that, you know, the first the first one in, in the beginning of the fight, and then that opened up the cut as well. He just froze I think, up. I think and he's after mentally that, done. Oh, yeah, I think he's mentally done. Um, and he should stop then rather than you know have a couple of bad stoppages or something like because he's physically all there like he looks yeah, great plus he has he has a rap career to get back to that's true the rap Sequels game fallen well it's funny isn't it falling in and i love in and i love what you could well be about fighting oh jeez, i know maybe that's what the true meaning behind the song is yeah i'm, uh, I'm oh, joking obviously. i know I know, I've um, just seen it so much. We but don't I, like, on this podcast, we don't like telling people to retire. Um, but we do it a lot. But we do it a lot, yeah. It's that we don't like it, but... Um, I mean, he probably could look at it realistically. There is zero reason for him to continue. Unless not- unless he like completely goes back and sees a sports psychologist and, and you know, tries to work through all those issues. But the way, you know, the way he's looked in his last two... Dude, he's 38. But that's the thing, 38, and he's, you could argue, the second best welterweight of all time. The problem is, he doesn't, a sports psychologist I don't think would fix the issue, because I don't think it's a performance issue as such. I think it's like training, fire, I think it's just all of it. I think he's just mentally checked out. He's well, he said he, said he trained out. and worked as hard as he ever has for this. But he's not going to say that, you know, he didn't. But I... But I have to take him at that. I th- I think it is. I think it's the opposite. I think it's a. I think it is a performance thing. He just couldn't pull the trigger in there. Just froze yeah. up. You know, he said about the Usman fight. You know, he went out there, but you know, mentally stayed backstage. I think if he's going to fight again, and if I was Duke Rufus or whoever's in charge of his camp overall, that would be the suggestion. Like, look, you can't. We can't do that again. Um. There's obviously big changes you need to make, and I, you know, and I just don't think they're they're physical. He came in a great shape. He did, twi- although he didn't do much, being on the back foot for 25 minutes, and he still, you know, it's not like his cardio went. He's obviously no, he was still there, built like a brick shit house, has the power, has the wrestling. It just it was gun shy. Not clicking. Yeah. yeah. Dillian White uh, versus Francis Ngannou is being sort of kicked about and rumoured. Um, nah. It's not going to happen. Do you see uh, Derek Chisora said that if his fight with Usk gets 
postponed or cancelled or anything again, he's going to go to Bellator. Uh, You'd probably see that happening more likely because Dillian White seems to be that sort of guy who would just jump into it. It's not Dillian White, it was Derek Chisora. Oh, sorry, Derek Chisora. Uh, Yeah, I just mixed it. Dillian White's had MMA fights, which that makes more sense. That's where I But no, I could see Chisora having a go at it. I think that if White and Ngannou do fight, I think Ngannou could club him in the first, but Chisora is likely just, or not Chisora, White's likely going to beat him. Yeah, I, well, it's one of those It's just things. that power, how it translates, you know what I mean? You look it at Deontay depends. Wilder. It depends on uh, rule sets and whatnot. Like if it's boxing, he's no hope. I know they, they were saying, uh, who was it? Joe Joyce was said he was sparring him at the the Vegas at uh, the Performance Institute, mm-hmm. and said you know it was great and you know some real spicy sparring and this that and the other. But he just his boxing could could be good, but it's not you know top five in the world professional boxer good. And those guys all have big crazy par as well. Yeah, I just think. You go swinging like that, and one of them will just put you to sleep. Chin up, exactly. But then, if it's an MMA, it's completely different. Um, yeah. But we just don't know if. So say, say tomorrow they booked Francis Ngannou versus Derek Chisora, who I would say out of all the potential boxers, Ngannou would have the most or the highest chance of beating. But if they fought an MMA. Is Francis Ngannou really going to shoot a double leg? Or, you know, or... I suppose he could leg kick him. But, like, is his yeah. skill base rounded enough that, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a absolute given that he steamroll through them? It'd be different Marvin. if it was, like, Stipe, where you're like, oh, of course, Stipe has the skill set. He would just yeah. take them down instantly, and they're fucked. Yep. Uh, Marvin Vittori versus Carl Robertson rebooked for June thirteenth. That's a great fight. It is a great fight. Um, don't like Marvin Vittori. I just no. think after the cancelled fight, he just made himself look like an absolute idiot. He did, and and he's clinging on to the Adesanya fight as well. Yeah, but he's but, one of those guys. He's just all around showing. Oh, you know, everyone's scared of him. It's like no, dude, like. They're professional fighters, and the fight was cancelled on medical grounds. Like, no one's dodging you. Um, and yeah, he did fight Adesanya close, but I mean, surely you don't want to hang your hat on that forever. I think he's a, like, I think he's a great fighter. I like him as a fighter. I just think his popularity and appeal have been hurt by how he's handled, you know, the last fight falling out. It's crazy to think he's unranked, isn't it? Yeah, well, them divisions be deep. Indeed, indeed. Um, obviously, John Jones been in the news a lot uh, this week. Um, he, well, we're going to get into it now. Uh, complaining about money, essentially. Uh, him and Dana White having a back and forth. Um, now, it has been confirmed now that John Jones has vacated the light heavyweight title. Has it? Um, yeah, yeah. That was five hours ago. Um, I thought he was just, he was saying he was going to. Like, I'm, I'm on the UFC rankings page as of now. 
and they have him listed as champion and number one pound for pound and everything. I I don't think they've stripped or not stripped him. I think it hasn't. The vacation, he yeah. said it, but it hasn't formally been done yet. So he's threatening to vacate then, but I mean, uh, the, the news I, I just saw there was that he's vacated, but I did see that he tweeted, obviously saying he was going to. It's about money, apparently. Um, you know, I am on side with John Jones about this, but he is a dick. Um, I think that for Jones, you know, he wants the money that he's never going to get. Um because that's not how the UFC structured, for right or for wrong. You and for I wrong. were talking about this the other day. Yeah, like a lot of people, especially uh, on Twitter, kind of defend the UFC on this, which, which is, is bizarre. so weird. Yeah, rather than defend the athletes, people yeah. run straight to the defense of the billion-dollar corporation. Like it's so, I don't know, but people have just been so conditioned. And it's it's having Dana, a habitual liar, at the front of it the whole time, constantly you know pushing whatever their agenda is, and it changes and it flip flops. But people, because he's got a bit of a cult of personality, people listen and just blindly accept. Yeah, um, I mean, there is an argument to be made for him that he should be being paid more, but it's just not the way it's done in the UFC and. I think he's going to have his work cut out for him to get figures that I think he would be happy with. I mean, he's talking about figures, you know, tens of millions. Yeah, that's what he should be getting. Yeah, but should and can are two different things. I well, think it's not can, it's they won't. They can give him that. No, it's not just that they won't, it's that they don't. Like, that is not how the UFC is structured. Now, but I am you, not trying to defend yeah. them. I'm like, I'm not saying that, that, that it shouldn't be structured like that. It should, but I'm just saying... It's different to boxing because, you know, the promoters get a little cut and the fighters get the lion's share. That's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. But this is a business. It's not like a boxing promotion, which, yes, has a business aspect, but it's just very different. You know, boxing promotions don't necessarily have rosters. You know, they, they oftentimes have, you know, yeah, but the, UFC, have, the UFC you know, push that the, the, they're all independent contractors and this, that, and the other. Yeah, because they it literally suits them. Yeah, yeah, but they buy competitors. You know, they literally monopolize the market so that that couldn't exist. They've That's done that, the, not yeah, the fighters. But, yeah, but they've done that to remove power from the fighters. And unfortunately, in this, the fighters have less power than the UFC. It's not okay, and I'm not trying to justify it, but I'm just saying that is the reality of it. And ultimately, if it, their bottom line becomes unmanageable. To say, say John Jones says, I won't fight for less than 20 million. Yeah, well, you're not fighting then. But I think that's his point. He's yeah, not but th- that's a, I think that the UFC will go, okay, don't fight. But that's fine. You know, yeah, it is. I'm but not, then John I'm not Jones, let's see. That. I'm saying, let's see how. He's putting out there that if you want me to fight Francis Ngannou, that's how much it's going to cost. That's how much I should be getting paid. And if you're not, well, then that's cool. I won't fight him. But if you want me to, that's how much it's going to cost. Yeah, uh, and and he's entitled to do that. I just think it's going to backfire. I think he'll get a moderate pay rise out of it, and he'll come back and have to eat humble pie. And I think that if he doesn't get the figures that he's talking about out of this, I think it actually looks worse for him. To be honest, um, I think that it makes him look meek and weak. Um, you know, I I I think that. If he's going to do this, he needs to stand his ground yeah. 100%. And it's no, unless you pay me X and 
make it public you're paying me x or i'm not doing it and the problem is that you know well not the problem but the thing is what we could see is a watering down of the the product over time because if he does that well then stipe does that and then usman does that and etc etc i get it it is good but it could also cause big big problems for the ufc which could be a good thing but as a consumer of the product it could also be a bad thing too um long term you know you could start to see fighters going to other organizations and then you have the problem you've always had where it's like you know well less so recently but you know think of being a fan in the the mid 2000s or the early 2000s or or late 2000s where you're like ah you know the pride card has a couple of good fights ufc has a couple of good fights you know it, it it would split the talent level as where the ufc you know does have the best talent in the world um yeah but it needs so, to be they can't control everything one company can't control absolutely everything just because it gives us the best you know to view like it's not ultimately about the argument isn't about the consumer it's about literally making it fair for those who could participate i get that but what i'm saying is that as a consumer like the problem is that john jones is a pretty unique case in this regard because of his credentials Mm -hmm. but you'll start to see guys like marvin fattori do it you know uh, like as an example um you know obviously a union would have been the way forward it's not going to happen but you know the problem is that you know the ufc have done this in the past they'll just be like okay bye and there's only so many times they could do that before they've lost a big chunk of roster and as a fan i worry that the product could get diluted over the next few years the more we see this but obviously as a human and someone that understands john jones's point i i want to see the fighters get compensated more fairly you know like i'm not i'm not disputing that i'm just saying that as a fan i worry that you know because part of the reason why the ufc has been able to build the product they have is because they have been able to control everything like this now that does not make it morally right that's the big difference is i'm not disputing that it is morally wrong it is big business mentality it is monopolizing it is overpowering of all of the fighters and they are the ones ultimately who take the risk i'm not disputing that that is wrong but it is also and has also been the way that it is for quite some time now you know I'm not disputing any of that. Just it needs to change. How do you change it though without it denting the UFC's ability? Well, to... fuck, fuck the UFC. There's three letters on a bunch of you know. They're just an organization. It's like there's other organizations and they will continue to fight. Yes, it, if they all get up and walk out of the UFC, it'll dilute what the UFC is. It won't dilute MMA. They'll go elsewhere. Yeah. No one, no one in the mid two thousands going. Ah, oh, fuck! I hate that I have to watch both. You know, it's just alternatives. It's options. They they will thrive and exist elsewhere. It's um. There's some there's some happy medium to be had between what that the well, UFC that's the is and what boxing is. But I mean, you know, for uh, to argue the UFC stance a bit, you if would the almost... UFC was to continue to exist. It needs to change so that it is similar in line to a other major, you know, other major sports organizations such as the NFL, the NBA, the Premier League. It needs to. That's it. They that's are different. They are no, but it's not because it is because right, they're the, the monopoly like, and theirs. There's no other American football bar the NFL that's worth a shit. Yeah, yeah but, but so therefore the NFL is forced and has to work 
fairly with those it employs and those who play. Yeah, but the it. NFL don't pay the players. Yeah, but I know, That's I, know, the I, know it's a, I know it's a team sport. But what I'm saying is, it's how it's regulated. Yes, but that that's but the difference is that you can't apply that, and that's like I agree with you that like like this is the thing. Like I agree that the, it's not fair on the fighters, and that something should be done. I understand what you're saying about the comparison to big sports, but the problem you have there is right. So take for instance, you put an event on in a big American football stadium with the UFC, right? Mm-hmm. The UFC get that money, and then they pay the fighters. As were if you are the Cleveland Browns. American mm-hmm. football team and you're playing the Green Bay Packers you pack out that stadium with 50,000 people and that team gets all that money and they pay the players and that's why yes, it's but different if, but, no, but there's regulations from the league enforced on the teams you're just yeah there's minimum the, contracts no but like as for there revenue is? yes I'm saying that as well but as for revenue shares and stuff like the, it's not like the team can then decide to withhold or alter you know they're all independently negotiated but there has to be they have to fall in line with league procedures as for revenue split whereas the ufc don't they literally self-govern the business who make all the money out of it self-govern how they have to treat fighters it's fucked up but that's what i was that's that was actually what i was going to say a minute ago john jones is a unique case and you know the ufc could look at because they they obviously have to protect their interests too and they're going to right we know that for right or for wrong they're going to do that so how you protect the ufc to an extent if you are the ufc i think is to have staged contracts where it's like you know if you have x title defenses your pay-per-view share goes up to however many percent you know but make it because the problem you have is if you've John Jones doing this, you get other champs doing the same thing. But you can't have belt you be- can't have stage contracts like it's a fight promotion. This is where it does differ from other sports. Is that it's about drawing ability as well. So say you, I know Conor McGregor doesn't have any title defenses, but if Conor McGregor defends once, Conor McGregor makes you way more money. You they essentially do have stage contracts and with the Reebok, this that and the other. But like mm-hmm. you would have to renegotiate every time. Someone like Conor McGregor isn't going to go, okay, right, well, we've made so much money, but I have to defend a few more times until they pay me more when his popularity soars every single time. it would mm-hmm. They just literally couldn't enforce it. They could do it, and they do do it to control lower down the lower down the line guys, but then mm-hmm. they're, they're not held responsible. They don't have to fulfill those contracts. You know, it's like guys who used yeah. to come off tough and they were like... Yeah, you fight for six grand to show six to win or twelve and twelve or whatever it is, and you've got a three fight deal. Well, no, you don't have a three fight deal. You've however many fights the UFC feel like giving you because yeah, you can sign a three fight deal and you're stuck in it unless you renegotiate. But if the UFC don't like you after one, you're done. Yeah, that's true. But there's that's and true. there's there's no compensation. There's no payout of that. Whereas if I sign for, uh, I won't use the NFL because like I'm not up to speed on American team sports but if i sign for man united in in football i will have a so many usually three anywhere between three and five year contract now i literally can't get out of that unless i'm bought i can renegotiate a new one but if they want me out of it they're gonna have to pay me the full amount Mm -hmm. but yet the ufc claim that you're you know independent contractors but you can't just get out of it. You know, if it's not good for you, but they can get out of it, they're the only ones who can get out of it. Just yeah. the whole system is rigged. Like, it's not It's well, not it's 100%, good. 100%. And John Jones, rigged. 
is and he isn't exclusive in a way because other champions but there's this weird brainwashing thing that has gone on that fighters just want to suck Dana White's dick oh I'm so lucky to be here oh you know and then they beg on TV for the bonuses it's really really weird but other yeah. champions like Adesanya is worth infinitely more than what they pay him now you know yep. Habib and Connor are worth infinitely more what they pay them but there's yeah. just no so he's Con- he's not unique you know like people would say oh well GSP was a big draw and they didn't pay GSP enough they don't pay any of them enough in comparison and I saw lots of people going well John Jones isn't a big draw fuck right off John Jones is a massive draw he routinely pretty much every pay-per-view he does bar the odd exception does over 500,000 buys Um, his argument with Wilder which people that seems to be the big thing people are like well boxing you know Boxing's infinitely more popular. That's why uh, Wilder gets paid so much. Me and you were looking at this the other day. Wilder Fury did, what, 850,000 buys? And it was as big a boxing fight as they could have put on on planet Earth last year. Um, And they got something like, I don't know the exact figure, but 30 to $40 million each. Um, DC and John Jones 2 pretty much did the exact same pay-per-view buys. And they've got a fraction. This myth that like boxing is infinitely more popular in pay-per-views, and that's why they get paid the mega bucks, is is flawed. And you know, in this case, this argument that well, John Jones isn't isn't a big draw is nonsense. You mightn't like him, but everyone pays and tunes in to watch him because he's the best. Yeah, just does my head in. People are like, mm. and then like, well. Uh, you can't you can't count on him not to get arrested. Well, I don't give a shit if he gets arrested. If he gets arrested and he's in jail, he can't fight, so you don't have to pay him anyway. Yeah, yeah. And true. then, a, oh well, you, know, you, you can't take that risk to pay him in case he pops for PEDs. They could pay Conor McGregor $650 trillion and he could pop for PEDs. Anyone could pop for PEDs. Like, yeah. Well, he's not a big—he's not a big draw because of his tarnished his legacy. Oh yeah, ask me: Did Mike Tyson make more or less money when he came out of prison for rape? <laughs> oh, I'm not going to pay pay a rapist. It's ridiculous. Well, the arguments don't stack up, and lots of it is. And this is why it's weird for us because me and you bash John Jones personally, and everything he's done and things he has done are awful. And will never be supported, but this is still one of the best. He's one of the best, but this isn't about what he's doing outside of the cage. This is what he, what his work is worth, and yeah. he makes the UFC. If that pay per view, the DC Jones pay per view, it's just a specific example. If it did eight hundred and fifty thousand pay per view buys, I don't even want to think about how much money the UFC made off that. Yeah, and then when you look. The, the biggest issue, and I'm going to harp back to it, is it's revenue split. It's yeah. literally the UFC, for being a major promotion or major sports league, has the worst revenue split of all of them, and no one can enforce it because they're self-governed. It's not that You're John is being greedy. It's just that he's literally, in comparison, not getting a fair shake. And when Dana says things like, being the greatest of all time doesn't mean you get $30 million, uh, yeah, it friggin' does. You try telling any boxer that, any NFL quarterback, any star football striker, any, you know, Roger Federer, or you, 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 
just because you're the best, mate, doesn't mean you actually get paid like you are. It just doesn't cut it anywhere. Ah, oh, just, it drives me insane. And then you get the petty back and forth of, like, show him the texts. Oh, well, if he's this, this confident, uh, come in and do a lie detector test. Like, fucking really? It's so teenage. Mel, did you do your homework? I did, but I left it at home. Honest? I, I, and I'd even pass a lie detector test? <laughs> like, all right, okay. <laughs> it's, ah. Uh, it is it is annoying. I'm just like I love the, I love watching the UFC fights. I'm just not in love with the three letters and the business. I think it's scummy and it's something big's going to happen to them in the next 10 years where they get taken to court and they will lose. Now, yeah, do I think well, it's going to be John Jones? No, but I think he needs, you know, as one of the big guys and he makes the UFC a lot of money one of the big guys needs to sort of start the trend true that true that um we have a couple of listener questions to get to um should burns tight uh, 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 i'd probably start by giving them shout outs jp which is at montosity m-o-n-t-o-s-i-t-y on twitter should burns fight for a title if not who should get the shot at usman There's yes he burns. should but will he Pro, I don't know, probably not. Yeah. Well, not next, not. anyway. Um, I. Le- still, Edwards is the other one I would be keen on. Oh, yeah, I'd be keen on Edwards, but like he, I think he has the least chance of being booked for a title. Yeah, I would think so. Um, I'm trying to, out of all of them, who has the most? I don't know, Masvidal, I suppose, is the biggest, biggest name at the minute, but he seems elsewhere i suppose a lot of it depends on if connor is actually genuinely serious about pursuing welterweight um i don't think they're gonna do covington straight away so i mean it makes sense for burns to get a shot but it's not gonna happen i think that covington edwards as a contender fight makes sense yeah um but it's the, the problem know. is it's the outliers in in the rank or, or in this case not in the rankings you know it is the Connors and the Masvidals the the bigger money fights so it really depends on what they want to do if Connor really wants to fight Kamara Usman next he'll fight Kamara Usman next the UFC want them to fight Masvidal if Masvidal doesn't really seem interested it's just a bit of a mess um but they just they need to get something booked before it starts getting jammed up you know with like five or six guys so I don't know yes he should in a perfect world I would book Usman Edwards based off sporting merit and then Burns would get the winner or you do Burns Covington now but it'll be some combination of that yep I agree Um, the other question we got was from Mojo Sterling Schofield at Mojo Scoof, which is at Mojo S C H O F E. Burns is going uh, going into that fight was seen as the dark horse of welterweight. Who else in other weight classes are dark horses? Who? Um, Corey Sandhagen as one who comes because he's about to fight. He comes to mind because he's young as well. Um. Trying to think, featherweight. I'll just go through the divisions. Featherweight. Who do I think is a dark horse at featherweight? I suppose Calvin Qatar. 
Could that's be. the person I was going to say. Could I've been banging that drum for months. Um, Arnold years. Allen? Uh, less so. I don't think he's got what it takes at the upper echelon. Dan Hooker, there's an argument to be made, could be a bit of a dark horse. Uh, lightweight. Um, Charles Oliveira? I think a lot of people... How, yeah. are, you def- how are you defining dark horse? I think just someone that would perform well above expectation you know um so like dan hooker at five i mean i think he would be a pretty good matchup for i mean the poirier fight i think poirier will win but i could be wrong i think hooker and ferguson's much more competitive than people think um hooker mcgregor would be competitive hooker gaethje would be good um you know i think that he would be an example of someone for me another guy would be gregor gillespie because I think people write him off because of the Kevin Lee fight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Drew Dober is another guy at lightweight. I think yep. he'd be competitive with yep. pretty much everyone. Welterweights, Jeff Neal. Yeah, Jeff Neal at middleweight. Um, I think. Or at welterweight, sorry. Um, or, yeah. Michael mid- Chiesa, maybe, at welterweight. Yeah, I mean, he's looked, he's looked good he's at good. welterweight. Um middle uh Edmund uh Shabazian. Shabazian. Um I suppose Jack Hermanson was that guy, but maybe I've been figured a wee bit. Yeah. Ian Heinish, another guy who's fighting this weekend, could be competitive with a lot of guys. I don't uh, think heavy. don't think he'd break into the top five though. At light heavy weight, um I think the guy you've got as a dark horse is to be honest probably Blahowitz, um, just because he, I think that he has outperformed what people have expected already. I think obviously mm. saying he's he is a dark horse now when he's ranked threes maybe a bit, you know, of a jump. But I think, I think that he's a guy that you know I think you know two years ago. Yeah, Alexander Rakic could be one. I suppose I'm sort of yeah. mixing dark horse with prospect. You know, like could they uh, at heavyweight? Overeem is the dark horse. And that he could still... He could still... You know, you could put him in there with Stipe and it'd be a competitive fight. Yeah. Um, Tatiana Suarez, not really a dark horse, but also kind of, because she's ranked seventh, um, you know, would, would be another I think, one. I think... Or she's ranked third, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, pound to pound. Um, I still think there's a case at um, uh, women's bantamweight. Well, I suppose not Bantam. Uh, yeah, I suppose Bantam. For Jermaine Durandamy. I still think, like, although she could still give Nuna... I know it's hard to say, oh, the dark horse, the number one rank. Like, I still think it's not a certainty that Amanda Nunez beats her again. No. Um, Just looking down, women's divisions. Dark horse, dark horse, strawweight... Don't know if there is one at strawweight. Amanda Rebas could maybe, but potentially, not, yeah. But it's potential. It's not now. Flyweight, no. I don't have one at flyweight. No, there isn't really one. Jose Aldo at bantamweight for sure. See, I don't think you can say he's the du- well. I suppose people, <clears throat> people constantly write him off. They do, yeah, they do. But, so yeah, 
So any mix of those, <laughs> I don't know who would be the ultimate one, but I think that's a good mix of one or two per division. Yes, so thank you for your questions. If you have any more, feel free to get in touch. Uh, obviously, our main way of interacting tends to be Twitter, so at MMA Show. We are also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash MMA. You can email your questions in at uh, MMA at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, and all that good stuff. So UFC 250 happening this weekend. Um, not going to go through every single fight. Um, Lonzo Mint... Uh, Minafield and Devin Clark in the prelims or the early prelims and Jose Formiga versus Alex Perez which is a great fight um, the actual prelims there's a few fights of note uh, Cody Stam- uh, Stammen or Stammen, Stammen. Uh, fighting Brian Kelleher uh, seems like Brian Kelleher only fought like a week ago <laughs> he did uh, <laughs> I know. This, this is a tough fight for Kelleher um, I think Stammen he's uh, yeah he's legit um I thought he, I at the time I remember thinking, but I'd obviously have to go back and watch. I think he beat, uh, yeah, what do you call him, Song Yudong. Yeah. Um, he's trouble. He's well rounded, super good wrestler. Kelleher has been on a bit of a run recently, and his uh, left hook finish of Azure in his last fight was ridiculous. Um, quick turnaround, so. You know, me and you bang on all the time about form in MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a close fight, but I th- I just think Stamen is the more well-rounded fighter, and I think his wrestling will control where it goes. So I'm picking Stamen by decision. I am picking Callagher by decision. Fair enough. Um, Ian Heinish and Mearshart after that. Um, this is like that's a great fight that is a great fight Mearshart is just like the ultimate veteran Um, he's a guy we've got, well he's not really a dark horse in the division like he's never going to win anything but people underestimate him I feel and like he is you know he's had tough what, as shit. 45 fights or something ridiculous yeah tough as shit also plays a mean saxophone that he does which you know Gotta earn your bonus points. He looked great last time out against uh, Darren. Uh, what do you call him? Mini DC. Darren. Uh, Darian Wynn. Darian Wynn. Yes. Um, looked great. Weathered the storm. His ground game's pretty tasty. Um, he only really tends to lose close decisions. Well, recently, anyway. Heinish. Um. I don't know who, do, who in this fight. I think this is... It's a tough one to call. I think we'll find out how good Heinish is in this one. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but I think, there, I think there's... I think Mearshart could take it in an upset. I think he's going to. I think he's going to decision him. Um, yeah, that's what I was leaning towards. Featherweight fight up next. Alex Xeres and Chase Hooper. Um, Chase Hooper will strangle the fuck out of Alex Caceres he should do the only only yeah the Cron Gracie fight yeah but the only uh, hesitancy I have to like 100% pick Hooper is that he's so so young um, and Caceres is like although his record isn't fantastic at all he is a very seasoned veteran at this point but 
I'm going Hooper, and I think Hooper's tapping him in the second round. I think it's in the first. Yeah, it's a close fight on the betting lines. It's close. Well, the bantamweight fight to open the main card: Eddie Wineland, Sean O'Malley. Um, Wineland, obviously super vet, but I think Sean O'Malley is gonna ice him. Really? Yeah. Wineland's wrestling's great, but I just that's a big call. I just think I just have a feeling in the first round. I just have a feeling. I am not all aboard the O'Malley hype train. I think that as he gets up the levels, someone's going to find him out. This is a ridiculously high jump up the levels. It's a tough fight, but I just have a feeling. I'm leaning towards O'Malley, but this is of all the fights, this is the one I could see, like. A grizzly veteran just stopping the hype train dead. I think this is a massive step up from who's, who's you thought Quinnan is and uh, that fight he should have lost. Sukumtath. This is Eddie Wineland. Like, been around forever. No one finishes him. Other than what, like, Henan Barrow back when he was a, a murderer. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know because this could be one of those moments you're like I told you so to everyone with Wineland but I think the UFC think they've got something with O'Malley so they'll have matched him up with someone beatable if if he's going to be what they think he's going to be he should beat Eddie Wineland I'll go Sean O'Malley decision but it'll be razor razor thin and I think if you're going to have a punt on an underdog on this card, I think Eddie Wineland's the one to do it on because uh, the betting odds are pretty heavily stacked for O'Malley. Yeah, yeah. I'd say every, all of the fast money will be coming in on him for sure. Yeah. Um, Next fight up, which is a great fight, Neil Magny versus Anthony Rocco Martin. Rocco Martin's a guy who is underrated a lot. Um, I mean, like, his only loss in his last five is a razor-thin one with Damian Maya. Um, Magny looked great last time out, though. They're quite... Uh, they're physically not similar, obviously. Magny is ridiculously tall and rangy for, for welterweight, but they do have similar styles to an extent. Hmm. This is a tough one. Who are you thinking? Uh, I think Martin. Uh, so I think I'm leaning Magni. I don't know. Magni tends to struggle with like physically explosive guys or guys who have got big power. I don't know if Martin has that enough to threaten him. And I think Magni could do to him what he did to Jingliang in his last fight, just control him up against the cage, use the, you know, reach and leverage a bit. I'm going to go Magni decision, but that's it's another super close one. Uh, I'm going to go for uh, Martin decision. Um, Aljamain Sterling versus Cody, uh, Corey Sandhagen. Um, this is a great fight. It makes sense in the rankings. Um, I think I'm edging towards Sandhagen. I've gone Sandhagen decision. I think he is the better... Uh, refined striking. I think Sterling's better on the ground, obviously. Um, yeah, it's if he can get him there. Uh, but yeah, 
I mean, like, and even the next fight after this, this card is so well matched. Like, all of these fights are super close and super competitive. Um, Yeah, I'm leaning Sandhagen decision. I think on the feet he should be able to get the better of him. Um, have we seen enough of... Uh, no, Sandhagen's pretty tasty on the ground, but, like, Sterling... Sterling's groundwork is is fantastic. Um, does Sandhagen have the 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 one punch or like one shot KO power to to put Sterling away? No, no. So ah, this is a close one again. Don't know who to. Uh, I'll stick with my gut. My gut says Sandhagen. So I'll go with him. That's the same Sandhagen decision. Uh, Co-main event: Rafael Sanso versus Cody Garbrandt. Um, Freshly bearded Cody Garbrandt. Have you seen the picture of yeah, him? Yeah, looks good. Looking like a lumberjack. Um, I think Garbrandt's going to sleep him. Yes, I have a feeling as well. Um, and that's purely just... A Sunsai is... He was the dark horse for years. Super underrated. Should have had title fights. And then it just... Time. You know, it was nearly unfair that he didn't get a title fight when he was on that great run and then he just got older now he's still phenomenal like he's still a tough out but I think at what 38 I think Garbrandt's going to have speed advantage you know he should have the power advantage as well Garbrandt I just I don't think Asunsoy has the has the punching power to threaten Garbrandt um, Garbrandt loses, as we all know, the exact same way every single time, um, and I just don't think a Sunsai will will be able to handle that. And if it gets into a firefight like that, a Sunsai's not—he's not going to trash talk. He's not going to—you know—he's not going to be able to rile Garbrandt up that he loses focus. So I think Garbrandt's going to pick him apart, um, either late first or early second round knockout. I'll go first round. Got faith that Cody can can right right the wrongs and get back on track. I agree. Uh, main event, uh, arguably the greatest of all time, regardless of gender. Um, Amanda Nunes uh, and Felicia Spencer. Um, this is a weird one. I think a lot of people are 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 saying Nunes all day, and I would be inclined to agree. However. There are two things that Felicia Spencer has going in her favour. I do not think, to be clear, they are going to be enough to, to to find a path to victory. But I think they're worth noting. One, she is tough as shit. She is so tough, it's ridiculous. And two, she's pretty damn good in the ground. Now, a lot of people talked about Nunez nearly being tapped by Jermaine Durandamy, which is true, but she'd also eaten a massive upkick, seemed to be a little bit tired, and ultimately she found a way to win. Now, those two things are relevant, but I don't think that they mean anything. I think Nunez will put Spencer out. Yeah, I'm going Nunez to, to get rid of her in the second round. I just don't think... I just, you know, like, Spencer's... You know, she's tough, and she's, like you said, tough and good on the ground. I just don't think that's enough to, to beat the best or you know arguably the best female fighter ever um nunez is no slouch on the ground thinks she's a black belt as well 
she has a huge advantage on the feet. Um, and it's getting her there as well. You know, does yeah. Spencer have good enough wrestling to, to get her there? Um, yeah, I, I, it's hard to pick against Nunez at this point, and I just don't see any any evidence. I have a feeling, and I said this to you before, that this might be the last we see of Nunez for a good while. Um, Could be. With a baby on the way, and if and when she beats Spencer, she's literally cleaned out two divisions. Like, there's no one obvious for her after this. Um, no one really putting a claim to it. I suppose the big fight would be Shevchenko and her again. But, I mean, she's got two wins over. I know they're debatable, but, you know, on paper, history will tell us she beat her twice. Um, so, yeah, I think this could be the last we see of Nunes for a while. Hopefully not, but, I mean, if she's wants to take time away for her family and all that no one's going to begrudge her of it and everything she's achieved but yeah so I'm going Nunez I'm going to go second round KO I'm going to go Nunez I'm going to, I'm going to join you on that I'm going to go second round KO also um, so yeah that is uh, that's about it for this week's show I think um a nice, another nice tidy one at the one hour mark. So actually, that's something we were talking about the other day. Let us know. Get in touch with us and let us know. Would you be keen to have two shorter podcasts? Obviously, normally when there's much more happening in the UFC, um, our podcast normally runs about two hours or so once a week. Um, would you be keen to hear us split it? You know, two shorter podcasts or one longer podcast? Like, what format suits yeah. you guys? Because you know we. we we're kind of open to to change and you know if if doing something small like that would uh would help you guys out let us know yeah essentially um you know we're, we're kind of easy with with whatever um so yeah uh, g- give us a tweet uh, at super ad mma show you can find us on facebook facebook.com forward slash super ad mma you can find us on itunes by searching for super ad mma show um and email us if you have any questions superad at uh, superadmma at gmail.com have you anything else to add brother Mel come at me on Call of Duty if you're a player and you're listening I welcome all challengers my goodness goodness. no way any good like so don't buy into that but may as well may as well expand my, my Call of Duty community absolutely well until next week peace peace